Hey there, and welcome back to the Better With Running podcast. My name is Matt Davey, coach at run to pb and marathoner. Alongside me, as always, is my trusty sidekick, 225 marathoner and coach at run to pb Zach Newman. Welcome back to the show, mate. Great to be back on Mattress. Yeah, pretty excited for this one, mate. We've got um, Sammy the Shoe Dog coming in for some more um, some shoe chat. So a big one lined up, and also a lot of time trials going on. Um, obviously, a bit of... Uh, of lockdown time trials going on with lack of races in uh, in Australia, but some pretty exciting um, results to talk about as well. A bit later on the show. Yeah, it is good to see people putting their uh, putting their training to yeah, I guess not a race unfortunately, but yeah, a, a good effort and um, something that hopefully will get some some confidence out of. Speaking of time trials, Matty, uh, let's get straight into it, mate. You had a big week and it, it accumulated with a um, with a time trial, mate. But um, how about how was the lead up? Were you did you actually schedule a bit of a uh, a taper into this session into this time trial? Yeah, I did. I, um, not a full. I guess it wouldn't be the full sort of taper I would normally go to. Um, just a, a, a slight. Well, actually, the week before it was a bit of a down week, so it was almost a, mm. a two weeks um, two week kind of reduction in mileage and, and a little bit of reduction in um, in the volume of um, intensity. So, and I, I did changes because like, well, we were obviously, obviously hoping that Albert Park 10K was going to go ahead. Um, mm. Unfortunately, that wasn't to be. And so, yeah, the aim was to, to get those two weeks um, reduced. So I'd come in fairly fresh. Uh, and if, if Albert Park was going ahead, I would have tapered off a bit more um, in this last week. Um, but yeah, the, the Tuesday session, uh, I like a bit of a taper session where I kick through the gears and, and sort of try to keep all the systems active um, as well as trying to hit some of the sort of specific 10 K um, pace uh, within the session itself. So did an eight minute tempo uh, and then three by three K and then three by 400. So trying to get quicker um, each. Yeah. For the reduction in, in, um, that's in a pretty big, big workout. Yeah. the Tuesday. Yeah, three yeah. Three K, yeah. Yeah, three. So what was it? Uh, I think it was just about, what, uh, so two, just over 2K for the eight minutes, three by three, so it's five. So yeah, about six and a half-ish K for, for the session. Uh, but like the eight minute tempo was... Um, oh no, three by one K. Oh, sorry, yeah, three by one K. Sorry, what did I put? Yeah, three, <laughs> three by three. Three by three. Yeah, that was, oh, but, gee, that's, that's massive. I'm <laughs> just making sure you're paying attention. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, three by one k, um, and three by four hundred. So, um, yeah, and it. Oh, I actually came off this feeling really, really quite fatigued. Uh, I'm not sure what it was, but yeah, just wasn't feeling fantastic. But sort of hit the eight minute tempo. Um, I was aiming to sort of go between three fifteens and three twenties, and then the three by one k at around sort of three oh five to three ten pace. And I think I ended up knocking those out at, at just under three oh five. I was trying to hope for those three. Nice. Three by one k is a ten k pace, but yeah, I got a little bit yeah. excited and went a bit quicker. Um, and then the three by four hundreds, um, trying to hit under under three minute k pace. So yeah, they're like sort of sixty nine seventy seconds for the four hundreds. Um, that was all going off GPS. So yeah, who knows how if whether it was four hundred or not. But um, the effort was definitely there, and and I, I felt like I did move through the gears and tried to keep everything active. Um, but yeah, as I said, like I actually didn't feel too bad in the session, but it was kind of after the session I felt pretty fatigued uh, from it. And so I decided then that instead of my normal um, Wednesday, so the, the, the day after the session, um, instead of my normal sort of 80 to 90 minute run, I'd break it up into two runs. So just did a, a 40 and a 30. Um, yeah, and nice. That got me feeling heaps better actually doing that. Um, I find that, yeah, that, that Wednesday run can really, really knock me around. Um, and then, yeah, jumped on the track actually on Thursday for a taper, a classic sort of taper session, but eight eight by two hundred meter on off. Um, yeah, it was good to get back on the track, Zach. I don't, I reckon um, it's been a while since you've been on there, and yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, 
It's, I can't uh, actually trying to think when I last time I um yeah not not including some warm down laps um a couple of weeks back with um with Maxi and Frankie but um session wise yeah it's been a long time for me. But you you love getting on the track and um and moving on those this two hundreds like yeah yeah I do actually yeah and the first one um. The first one I hit thirty two, and I was like, I was running along and and didn't look at the didn't look the pace through the the hundred meters or or anything along the the section of the two hundred. But when I got to the two hundred and a quick stop and and yeah, like, geez, that thirty two seconds for the two hundred. I thought it was going to be about thirty six. Um, so that gave me a lot of confidence actually that the pace in the legs is still there, and it, and it mm. didn't feel too bad. But I did back it off a little bit for the next seven and, and went thirty three to thirty four. Um, yeah, for the next second, next seven, and and floated in around fifty seconds for that two. Well, not float, jogged, I guess, um, for the recovery. So yeah, eight by two hundred in around yeah thirty three, and then two hundred off um, recovery in about fifty seconds. Um, it's quite a short session, really, uh, and and having feeling good for um, Friday easy, and then yeah, onto the time trial on the Saturday. Uh, so yeah obviously due to lockdowns and um, unable to get out with other people and stuff like that, Gemma and I went out to do the time trial and, and I actually gave her 90 seconds. We decided that because uh-huh. okay. anyone else, yeah, handicap it. Yep. Um, and did the, I did the calculations and thought 90 seconds would be a good, good break. And, um, and yeah, sort of, I, I woke up on Saturday morning with this, my stomach was really uh, quite a bit off and I was feeling a bit sick. So I wasn't actually sure if I was going to going to go ahead with it, but it obviously wasn't too bad because the, the time trial um, come out pretty well in the end. Uh, but yeah, sort of the aim was to really try to settle into a good rhythm early uh, and then focus just 1K at a time um, just to try to break it down. And yeah, just keep the, keep the, keep the consistency um, try to just knock out around just under three fifteens for each K split, and yeah, managed to do that, and then try to kick off, um, kick the, kick down the last K, and I think the last K was around three or eight, three or nine. So ended up with thirty two fourteen um, to finish off that that ten K time trial, and it was it was a it was actually a, a real mental battle out there, Zaka. Um, How um. On. How many loop, How many laps is it? This circuit? uh, it's circuits two point one or two point two k. So okay. yeah, you've just just um yeah, yeah just under five laps. Yeah, and and you're you're pretty good on those multiple lap setups. Like I, I tend to personally, I prefer like either an out back or something where I'm not going over the same uh loop over and over. Uh, and I think yeah, you actually managed to knock off the. Uh, CR in there as well, the NTC loop. Yeah. Ninja Track Club. Ninja Track oh, Club. Ninja. <laughs> yeah, What's the Ninja yeah. Track Club, yeah? Oh, yeah, there's a few of us that, um, yeah, down the peninsula. Um, uh, yeah, looking to, we're um, joining up for a bit of a, yeah, Ninja Track Club uh, congregation when we can. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a setup down here. I think I think some singlets might be on the way. Um, yeah, so keep an eye out, Zaka. Very when, cool, you, when you move down here, mate, you can join in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, back to that loop. So were you focusing, like, were you sort of resetting every, um, you, you mentioned looking at, were you looking at your case splits or were you going based on the loop? Like uh, loop yeah. Okay, let's, let's lock yeah, in again for another lap. Yeah, based on more on the case splits, I didn't even think about the loops, actually. Um, I just wanted to hold it because it was a little bit windy out there and um and that's why you know you said you'd rather an out and back the problem was that i find that when it's when it's windy you, you might have a really good 5k working out and then you turn around and come back and it's a you know blowing northwesterly 30ks an hour and you've got to try to fight back and yeah it's a real real battle but if you sort of break it up by doing the, lo- the loops that's what we decided would be a better option um and yeah i just had it on k splits and so yeah, just trying to get to the next K, next K, next K. Um, and I guess yeah, being in time trial was really that had that that sort of um, in the back of the mind where you're thinking, geez, I could just easily DNF this. You know, it's not a race. And yeah. Um, whereas like in a in a race, you know, you 
you, unless something really drastically goes wrong, you're not going to you're not going to DF. You might slow down a bit, but you're not going to DF. Um, whereas in a time trial, I found it quite a bit harder to to make sure to keep on. Um, so yeah, there was a, a few mental battles fought. Um, but yeah, that's where I've, I tried to focus on just getting to the next K, get to 5K and then, all right, let's just work to six and see how we feel and then work to seven and then just count it down from there. Um, and that seemed to work really well. And and sort of, I guess, with with that one lap to go, I knew that um, I knew I had a good tailwind um, from that eight to nine K and then just had to work hard that last K to, to finish it off. Um, and then, yeah, so I was, I was kind of hoping, I guess, around 32.30, um, that's what the, your 315 pace. So to end up with 3214, I was I was happy with that. And yeah, yeah, I'll step into marathon block. Particularly solo. I mean, that's hard. Uh, you know, we talk about time trials a bit later with some of the, the runs for BB athletes that have knocked out beyond 10k into the marathon. And you know, in some instances, they've had some um, some people along the way to sort of help with the pacing. But at any of these time trials, I find anything over 5K as a time trial is a really tough, um, you know, really. And, and some of the athletes I've, um, that I've been coaching have had some mixed performances. But I think you, you do get a lot from um, whatever the performance is, really, you just to toe the line and try and get it out there and then push beyond that feeling of a session because... You know, I'm sure we were at seven, to, you know, from 7K onwards is definitely something you probably haven't felt for a while. You know, you just can't, you cannot simulate that in a workout um, where you're really on the, on the limit and you have to fight. And yeah, with a few, um, a few moments like in that sort of eight to nine K, did you visualize, you know, maybe this is what it feels like to be in a race. I've got to kind of finish this off. Yeah, I visualised you, Zach, actually. Um, ahead of me. <laughs> I did. I remember back to um, that Sandy Point 10K. I remember looking up about eight, between eight and 9K and seeing you off in the distance and thinking, geez, I, I really got a bit put in a big effort here if I want to try to close you. Um, and I was thinking back to that sort of same thing. Uh, and yeah, looking up and trying to imagine, uh, yeah, you up in the distance and I had to run you down. So, and then on a, another time, I remember when we were at Albert Park and I think we, were, we got to about, a 7k to at 7k 3k to go and, and you go through a, a um a big 180 turn and then head back towards the track and it's a tough finish that one and i remember yeah kicking on strong there and i was sort of thinking back to to that um what happened that day and, and trying to um, emulate that i guess yeah so mm. that it was a i find that yeah without with being solo um without having the people um around to try to work off it and and um, compete against it, it is a lot harder. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it, it like is making us, yeah. And, and it's making a lot of athletes in these times so strong and resilient in that mm. they can get out and finish finish time trials or, you know, get through these difficult parts knowing that it's going to be a hell of a lot easier um, or de- at least different feeling when you've got a lot of people around and you can tack in and. And the way you close that in 308, you know, it indicates that obviously, you know, if, if say it's 6K, 7K, someone started to push mm. push yeah. it out and you had to get stretched, you, you could back yourself to kind of move through a bit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great result. Um, you know, yeah. reward for what you put in in the last six weeks. Yeah, that's the thing like that. I think if there was someone, like if if I was running, running with you or something and it, it got to sort of 7K and – yeah, it would be much more inclined to try to push it on rather than hold a consistent pace um, and, you know, try to either drop you or, or work back up to where you are. Um, so, yeah, it was that that sort of aspect. I'm looking forward to that sort of aspect coming, getting that opportunity to do that, um, hopefully not, not too distant future. Um, yeah, and then two hours on the Sunday, which was, yeah, it was good to get out. Um, get out and try the, the Mizuno's um, Sky 5 that that we're going to review a bit later. So yeah, truck those on and, and tested them out for a, for a long run. And yeah, that's, that was uh, that was a week. I think it was 124, 125K. So yeah, nice. pretty similar to the week before. And, and from here, going to look, uh, look to up the mileage a little bit. Yeah, and get into this marathon block. Yeah, so you, you now the length of some of your sessions go out a little bit longer. Is that, that the change and uh, extra doubles or... How do, yeah. how do you sort of see this marathon block building? Yep. Yeah, I'll go through some extra doubles. So, uh, yeah, I'll add 
try to, well, I will, the aim is to increase the mileage, get into, I haven't really done any of those um, sort of marathon specific sessions. So like um, four by two K reps or yeah, mm. working up to three by five K and so on. Um, another session I remember you did some like 20 minutes at marathon pace and then uh, three by five minutes and then another 20 minutes of marathon pace. So those sort of sessions as well as, yeah, um, when we can, yeah, build out the long run as well over over two hours. Um, so, yeah, aim to, I guess, not or adjust the intensity of the sessions um, so it's not as intense but still keep some in there um, as well as, yeah, lifting the mileage up with a couple more doubles and, and longer runs in there. And this is eight weeks to Melbourne. So this is a yeah. view to line up at Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's the aim, I guess. It's pretty hard yeah. at the moment, like with with so much uncertainty um, and thinking that, geez, I'm not going to be able to get through these sessions knowing that, you know, that what, what are the chances of, of the race happening? Um, so, yeah, at the moment, yeah, I'm, I'm motivated to, to get into this block and, and um, yeah, just see what happens. And if, if it doesn't happen, I'll, I'll have some good time in the legs and, and hopefully you've got stronger off that. And yeah, leading into, yeah, probably a, maybe a 10K or something later in the year. So, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and look, you still got like, you know, I think you have more clarity in probably four weeks as to how, how high are the chances of, you know, where, where you're at in terms of Melbourne. And I guess you would do a couple of marathons specifically. You might have some of your bigger ones coming in, um, yeah, mid September, I suggest. Or yeah, September. yeah. So, yeah, um, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Where then might be a bit more. Um, knowledge around whether it's going to go ahead or not and it'd be a lot easier than knowing it's going to go ahead uh, well have a higher higher percentage I mean like Gold Coast got cancelled in the last week so you never really know until the day but yeah, yeah higher chance of, um, of it going ahead would um, increase the motivation for those sorts of longer sessions where it's um, yeah you got to really stay on and you mate You've um, put in a couple of good sessions, good long run, and um, yeah, enjoyed the week. Yeah, I'm uh, really positive about that, that uh, last week. I think getting into that, I think we've spoken about it, is just sitting around um, that 95 to 100K weeks for me and, and dialing into to really hitting two sessions, getting the long run going again. Um, yeah, it's sort of the key for me. And uh, as as was sort of mentioned, a um, bit of a holding pattern in terms of what races are going to be happening. But um, you know, knowing that yeah, I want to still be ready, that once once the switch is sort of flicked on, um, you know, I'm ready to go with some some workouts uh, in the legs. And yeah, enjoyed getting out. Just a, a pretty similar session to what you had um, without the 400s. Mm, yeah. Uh, early on Tuesday, and I, I again, yeah, using that. Um, that eight minute, so I did eight minutes, uh, tried to kind of keep that at, you know, I just want to look back at paces I was holding, wanted to sort of keep it around, um, yeah, 325 to 320. So the first K was a bit hot, 320 and then 326s. And then, um, yeah, from there it was into three by three minutes. So I wanted that for me was to be a 10K effort and um, kind of coming off that eight minutes in the leg sort of felt, um, the first one felt pretty good and um, was able to just keep consistent throughout the three minute efforts. Um, did it off 60 seconds recovery. Mm. Uh, and then the last rep. So I did, I had two and a half minutes between the eight minute and the start of the three minutes. So a decent amount of recovery. So I could get going on the three minutes. And then that after that last three minute was just one minute recovery mm. into another eight minutes. And the actual eight minutes came out really well. Like I was straight on to three sort of three twenties and was able just to hold that. Um, so I think a bit of the marathon strength is still in the legs um, coming off that, off those 10 K efforts. And yeah, I was, I was really happy with the way that came out. And I think, 30 minutes of work at 3.32 average, oh. um, including all the recovery. So, um, yeah, good signs that, yeah, I feel like the strength is is, is still in the legs. Yeah, as I said, I said to you that when I, when I saw this session pop up, there's a, there's a good session. I reckon I'm going to 
I'm going to put this one in the um, in the notebook. I like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, look at so you chat. You covered two point three four k's in the first eight minutes, and then two point four two in the second um, eight minutes. So you really negative split there. Did you feel like you were much more? I don't know, engaged and like the effort was the same, but you were just going a lot faster in that last in that last yeah. eight minutes compared to the first. I just feel like off a lot of the marathon block I've done, I've I've got better as the longer it's got um, and been able to sort of finish sessions stronger. And I think that's possibly just a mental thing that you've become so strong that you know how to finish off workouts um, on tired legs. And I think I've been able to sort of translate that now um, onto some of the workouts that are more, I guess, 10K half marathon focused. Mm. And yeah, that sort of led into Saturday going, well, I, I need to then still... Um, you know, I, I am comfortable in that 320 range and I wanted to push things on Saturday and sort of really get after a couple of long efforts, say 10 minute plus um, more, you know, again, trying to push down below that 10K effort. And, you know, I did that workout there. I was really happy with as well because I was able to run um, you know, 10 minute efforts um, you know, under the 310 pace. And then into a um, pretty short recovery, only, well, relatively short, just jogging for three minutes and then another 12 minutes. Um, again, that's um, pretty strong pace for me. Um, yeah, again, closing that, I'm trying to think what pace we yeah, close. 303, 303 um, for K6 and 7 there, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, really getting... Um, Trying to, I guess, because I didn't time trial and didn't haven't had a, a real workout, I wanted that second 12 minutes to be close to a race effort and get that feeling of having to really fight for the last few few minutes. And having that middle, that break up of the jog in the middle allowed me to sort of really reset and, and commit. So my goal in, in both, um, start of both reps was to kind of get out and commit like I would in the 10K. And then get into the get into the zone and um, yeah, so I think overall like that's three thirteens for the five minutes. So a good way to sort of split up a a pretty strong strong effort. Yeah, that's what I average and that's what I average for my ten k time trials. Like so, bloody yeah, Yeah. you should have just knocked out the last (laughs) 2.14 k's and. and, A bit of a hard way to do it that way. But, um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I reckon I might look at, you know, another two, three weeks of some training and then, um, yeah, lay down a 10K and, and see where we're at. I, it is a bit of a... Or race or depends. Yeah, time trial. I, I'm assuming <laughs> at this stage it'll probably be a time trial. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one whether you go after. I know you went for the 10K, but... Some mm-hmm. um, some athletes or some you know some coaches like to prescribe, and I'm probably more on the side of not prescribing set distances like that. Are you know you may do in a race just so you don't get too disheartened that it's different to what you would in a race. Um, yep. You know, so I've I've got um a few athletes that have done like eight k or um you know gone after a certain dis uh, maybe a segment or um you know. A, two laps around the tan or mm. two laps around Princess Park because I know we can get some athletes, depending on the personality, can get a bit hung up about like comparing themselves to what they do in a race. And time trial settings are quite different to, to race settings. Yeah. So yeah, um, last year when we did the uh, the run to PB hot lap. Mm. Um, yeah, just some, some sort of obscure distance or, yeah, <laughs> just... Yeah. A, um, a lap around the neighborhood somewhere that's got a segment aligned to it and you've got a, you got a target to get yourself in the top 10 or yeah yeah I like it it is hard as runners though we're all subjective to the what like we all know mm. even if we did 8k we'd probably think oh well, what would I have done 10 or you know, mm. we're always going to find another another 8k that we did or like it's just we are by nature pretty pretty hard not hard on ourselves it's just that you know running has a um, you know a watch it digits on the watch you do look at it and you do start to read further into it so it's um it's just something you know it's it's got its positives and its negatives as to how um how we go about and how we take our performances i guess in time trials 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, a real good point. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Sunday I got out for hour 45. So, yeah, again, um, yeah, ticking along well. And I think that those sessions are starting to translate into feeling better across the ground in, in um, my recovery runs and easier runs. I know I was sort of stuck in that groove of just running sort of 450s and up and down with a knee, knee uh, niggle, but that seems to be subsiding. Um, and, yeah, I was able to just um, tick along pretty well, I think, for... Yeah. Yeah. And you got a local legend segment too on Taronga to Velodrome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've done so what's that most segment efforts in the last 90 days? Well, yeah, that's <laughs> I've done 40, 47 efforts, 58k up that uh <laughs> so yeah. We'll be waiting for the um for the statue to go up there at some point. That's <laughs> no, a good week, mate. That's six weeks yeah. um six weeks consistent really around that sort of 90 to 100, 100, just over 100K. So average for the last four weeks, 97.8. So yeah, building up a, a good block here to then bounce off when I guess yeah, the, the races might be around that you want to increase the mileage or the body that, and the knee allows you to. Yeah, it's a sweet spot for me about that 100K. Like I've, I've never been a high mileage guy unless it's been into the marathon blocks. And right now I haven't committed to a, a marathon blocks so i'm kind of i know where i can add an extra 10 20 k's in um to get into that 120 kind of um specific block whether it's for a for a half or a 10 so um yeah pretty happy with how everything's tracking mate yeah it's good and good couple of sessions good bit of quality in there so yeah a, a solid week mm. so mate um yeah a listener question come in yeah joe um, yeah, Joe um, sent through on Instagram. Um, thank you for Joe for listening. He's got a question about, I guess it's about um, how he structures his week. It's a question I've started running more and more during lockdowns, which obviously, Megan, you've, you've seen it around town. You've seen a lot of run, new, maybe new runners or people that <laughs> don't generally get out on the trails um, out there a bit more. Yep. But yeah, he says, uh, yeah, started running more and more lockdowns during lockdowns is gyms have been closed and starting to get up to three to four times a week. I'm keen to try and run the half mar marathon at Melbourne. Uh, what kind of sessions would you recommend in my week? Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on this? It's a, it's a, it's a cracking question. I think it's a, a probably something that, a, that is crossing a lot of people's minds as yet. Like, like Joe said there, that I've uh, got into running as gyms have closed and yeah, much, yeah. much more. Uh, options to get out and run rather than, than a, yeah, having to try to rely on a gym. Yeah. And I think it's probably common if you haven't really had a structured program that you just get out and run three, four times, you know, this sort of three, four times a week, you, you might just find a loop that you do and you sometimes you just go and try and run the same pace or improve each, each time you do it. And I know that's pretty common that, that, um, people who have just started don't really know where to start in terms of how they structure their week. That can be something that it's almost a bit of a trap that you can fall into because it's uh, you can sort of plateau pretty quickly when you do that and don't really enjoy seeing the imp improvements of running. Where you, I, I would say for Joe, and I'm, I'm assuming he hasn't got this mixed in, um, he's trying to get a, a, a mix of different um, run runs in there like your easy run be interested to know if he could maybe if he's got a long run in there and some um, intervals and tempo like it's a case of structuring those three to four runs in and, and having some easy days where he's going you know maybe um, 30 40 minutes and then into a session day where he's throwing in um, tempo or intervals and then a long run I think a long run's pretty important um for him to, to be getting out there and getting um, getting used to that time on the feet and rather than going, and, and time of feet is something I always sort of um, big advocate for is um, whether you get used to going for um, time rather than distance. So rather than trying to go and do 10K every day, so maybe just stick to minutes, like 30 minutes here or, you know, 50 minutes an hour not getting too caught up into how far you run each day um, more, rather than, you know, going on time. But, um, what about you, Maddie? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, 
I really like those points that, I mean, I, that, that old saying variety is a spice of life. Um, it definitely relates to running as well, where you've got, like you're saying, you, you want, you want to try to, uh, get into that into the weeks and some faster running some some easy runnings a, a longer run and, and things like that so that variety is so important um and then like uh i really yeah suggest those sort of fundamentals then is is what i talk about um is getting to that week um and i guess in terms of that long run and in terms of what you're saying there with the, with the time on legs and and i do like to uh, i'm the same I'm an advocate for time rather than distance um but like obviously half marathon you know we're, we're talking 21k's of, of running um now assuming that you've got i guess enough time to to fit it in um into the training block i usually well my aim is is with these um people who are, are sort of just getting into running is a slow build, but trying to get up to around about 18 kilometers uh, in a training one in the long run. Um, so just understanding that you don't need to have ticked off the, the full distance, um, the full 21 kilometers, especially if you're just going for completion of the, of the race rather than aiming for a time. Um, I try to advocate, yeah, that, that you don't need to get any more than 18 kilometers in a training run, looking at sort of two to three weeks out from the race. So, you know, assuming that you've got enough time to gradually build up to having the strength and ability to get through that 18 kilometers. Um, and also not being afraid that with that 18 kilometers run, um, all the long runs in general, to split them up with some mini walk breaks in between. So you might be, you know, going 5Ks on, then doing two to three minute walk, and then another 5Ks, two to three minute walk, um, just to really reset the body um, and make sure that you that you're it's more chance that you're going to be holding your form um, doing that and therefore reducing the risk of any sort of injuries. Um, so that's what I guess I suggest with with a few of my athletes um, who, are, who are trying to build up to you know, longer distances is, is don't be afraid to if you feel like it then you need then add a walk break in it there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and then also like when you get to that sort of 18 kilometers you know you, I, I try to think that, three more kilometers um, in the race, you know, you, you're going to be carried by a taper. You're going to be carried by the excitement of the race, the, the atmosphere and the crowds. Um, you know, you, you might have your family and your friends, your groups to run in. Um, so there's a lot more things that can, can spur you on for that last three kilometers. Um, and then, yeah, I guess that's sort of, um, uh, um, I mean, it does say like, um, in the question and go back to uh, what sessions would you recommend in my week? So you're, you're sort of suggesting there, Zaka, that the sort of 20 minute fartleks, um, like in mono fartleks and, and um, yeah, sort of two by 10 minute tempo. So things that aren't going to really, you know, they, they're going to stress the body, but they're not, you're going to be able to recover from them. Yeah. And also just, um, you know, practice going a bit faster than goal pace. So it becomes a bit more efficient over the ground and then, um, you know, doing some sessions at goal, goal half marathon pace. And then even some, some ones that are uh, out, outside of that goal pace, but a bit longer. So he gets that, that endurance. And the other thing I'd, I'd touch on is, um, is mixing up the services. You know, when you're getting into running, um, obviously you've got, got the right shoes. He's obviously hopefully been fitted out maybe by Sammy, the shoe dog at the Arrowville running company, but I uh, was obviously, you know, got himself, um, you know, in the right gears ready to go and um, getting over some hills and some soft services um, just to also um, help. Um, yeah. In that sense, you know, from a recovery standpoint, but also building that strength and endurance. Um, you know, it's, it's great if you can, you know, jump on the trails and do, do a bit of, um, you know, not running on the concrete every day is, is something that definitely help him as well, um, you know, throughout those three or four times a week of running. And also, like, um, the Andy Buchanan's uh, video that I've got up on YouTube, uh, mm. which, which he runs through some drills and, and talks about doing strides and things like that. Um, and having those uh, potentially in your week as well, um, just to, like you, you talked about, um, efficiency there um, really help with that with that efficiency and also form so yeah things like that you can add into your week that I mean what drills might take you five ten minutes something like that that you could add into your week and you know find a, a nice patch of grass or like an oval that you might be able to get to that you can um or even a track um to be able to perform those drills and, and yeah 
I don't know. I'm not very good at drills, Zacho. Uh, yeah. A little bit. Oh, never <laughs> mind. But, <laughs> but I, I do like. I do try. Um, I do try to to get them into my week a couple of times at least, sort of before a session or something like that. So, yeah, something like that as well could be included to to help with that sort of form and efficiency. Yeah, particularly when he's getting into sessions, like you, you really want to make sure that you are doing a warm up, proper warm up, um, and some strides before just, yeah getting straight out the door and particularly in, in, in lockdown we're doing a lot more sitting around and you want to be pretty activated and ready to go so you know wouldn't be afraid even if even if it's a walk for five minutes to start and then into a slow jog and then do some strides just to get the body going um because yeah if he's if you're starting to do the you know, fart legs where you're pushing faster than you you would usually um just to make sure the body's um you know everything's activated and ready to go well, thanks very much, Joe, for the question. Hopefully we've, um, we've answered and, and given you some assistance and help through um, your running journey. Um, now, Zaka, moving across now to around the track segment, we've, uh, as we discussed before, a few time trials have been gone on, been and been and run. Um, now we've picked out a few, and you got the first one there at uh, one of Josh Harris's athletes. Yeah, he Pyatt did a solo half, and we'll talk about how tough it is just to do a 10K. He's done a whole uh, half marathon solo and knocked out a eight-minute. So he, yeah, geez, he, he signed up with Josh oh, a few months ago, and I know they've been working pretty closely, and, um, yeah, 126 for his half marathon time trial. So that's eight minutes faster than when he'd um, – signed up with um with josh so obviously got the right formula got the right mix there so that's a cracking result from um from me yeah massive results um congratulations Heath. that's huge and yeah to do it on a on a time trial imagine what's going to happen when he gets into a race yeah yeah it's super impressive running um yes. sophie fit one of our run to bb coaches um she had a couple going around in the in some virtual time trials yeah mate so uh what we've got Carrie Glennie, who uh, did her virtual run Melbourne uh, half. And so, yeah, she uh, finished in 149 to knock out a massive PB and, and raised also in the process, raised over $600 for a great cause. So for the Alana and Madeline Foundation. So fantastic uh, idea there yeah. to, to put the running towards, um, yeah, raising money for, for a fantastic cause. Looks like she's done that uh, out in around the Lidl Lake, maybe gone out on the um, Warbling Trail for part of that. So yeah, yeah. Good, beautiful spot to be yeah. um, to be doing that half half marathon. I wonder if you uh, finished out in the Cold Stream, the Cold Stream Brewery out there. Yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't be open. Yeah. Though. Although, oh no, I don't doubt that. Nah, this yeah, I don't think you would be able to get a beer there. But um, <laughs> yeah, cracking, cracking run. Take away, uh, take away. Yeah, maybe take away to um, yeah, rehydrate. Uh, Steph Hannon, one of Soap's athletes as well, uh, also ran one forty nine for the half marathon. So, yeah, oh, she'd run. I was just reading a couple of notes. Soph had mentioned, yeah, she, she's run um, this similar similar time uh, the Sri Chimnoy, but then she's knocked this out as a solo time trial. So that's um, yeah, cracking run from uh, Steph. Great run from Steph. Um, yeah, I'd actually had a few, Zaka, going around in some time trials. So first of all, I had Shannon O'Gorman. So she, yeah, she um, had missed seven marathons, Zaka. So she had wow. qualified uh, for Boston from her run in Gold Coast two years ago. Um, yep. Then obviously wasn't able to fly over to, to Boston last year. Um, then Gold Coast got cancelled. Sunshine Coast got cancelled. This is all last year. Melbourne got cancelled. Yeah. Then Hobart went ahead, but because um, she, uh, Queensland or, or um, South East Queensland, I'm not sure which one, but um, weren't allowed to travel at that time to Tassie. Mm. So then she wasn't allowed to, to head down to Hobart to do the marathon there. <laughs> and um, yeah, so the, the backup was to get to, well, actually that we were going to hit Hobart and then do Gold Coast um, after that, but unfortunately Gold Coast got cancelled. So changed that to Sunshine Coast and unfortunately Sunshine Coast got cancelled on the weekend wow. too. So um, after that many builds and, and improving her fitness that much, um, yeah, she was like, <laughs> I find it really, um, I would find it so hard to 
get up for a marathon, like or a 10K time trial, let alone a marathon time trial. But she was really keen to to get out there and I was really supportive of that. And, and I could totally understand, um, yeah, totally understand that she was really keen for it. And, and we knew that she was in great shape and, um, yeah, training being done so well. Um, leading up to Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast, I really wanted to, to take advantage of it. So, yeah, she went out and, and had some, yeah, some quite a few friends and family jump on as paces and, and had a bike out there helping with the drinks and, and nutrition and friends and family yeah, out there cheering as well and huge support for her to, to get out for a three hours 26 um, huge PB um, yeah. marathon and it, the, the conditions weren't ideal either in terms of yeah, the, the humidity was crazy up in Brisbane over the weekend so mm-hmm. huge result for Shannon I was really pumped um, yeah for for that run and yeah, looking forward to when races pop up, she'll be ready to smash it. That's yeah, that is an amazing effort, and to, to go through seven cancellations, mm. uh, Such I mean, a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and to keep keep getting yourself up for marathon blocks, and you know, be mm. knocked down that you couldn't get out there, and that's a massive achievement to get out there. And um, yeah, that's that is inspirational, really, for a lot of people to you know that have been through that, and then to be able to keep going, keep running up and, and to get a, get a three-hour 26 PB out there. That's a fantastic run. Yep. Yeah. Another one, uh, another one of your athletes, Paddy Dell, our um, cover poster boy of the podcast. Uh, Paddy's featured on the, um, on the cover. Yeah, um, so he was also entered for Gold Coast, got cancelled, moved it to Sunshine Coast um, and got up for that. But then obviously that got, as I said, got cancelled. So he jumped with it. There was quite a, well, there was a, they had a little bit of a group going around, um, all wanting to run sub three hours um, for the marathon. So, yeah, they got out for a, for the time trial on, on Sunday morning. And, yeah, Pat finished with two hours 58. So it was a, I was so pumped for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, just like the, the resilience you got to show to keep running up and, um, and get it done and, and tick off that goal of sub three hour. Um, and, and again, another massive PB. So, yeah, huge run from Pat. And um, yeah, really pumped that that he could that he could get out there and get that done. Yeah, uh, we've met we've met Patty. Um, we've hanged out with Patty a few times over the over the journey we've run for BB when we've had chances to to meet, and uh, it's always been uh, awesome fun to, to catch up. And you know, it's um, look back at Patty's sign up, which was back in twenty nineteen. <laughs> yep, uh, March it was I'm just looking at the details and yeah his goal was to break three hours um he'd run 18 18 for 5k pb 38 35 for 10 um 126 for his half <laughs> so he's run you know that was his half pb he's now going to run 258 for the marathon so nearly double yeah, that huge huge um effort from paddy um, just yeah it just was so he's also positive as well um and yeah it's massive credit to him um for staying positive and they see at such a um trying unknown times um and then also had a couple who were out um down down here in victoria so they would have been originally lining up for albert park 10k uh so reese whitaker so he ran well his pb was 34 minutes 34 dead um and he ran 32 50 um for, yeah, well. for, for a huge pb Run, yeah. Um, yeah, so oh, disappointing because we would have had a great team. The pigs, <laughs> the pigs had a great team. The Vale Pigs down at Frankston, um, and then Stacey Bolger as well. So she has been coming back from from injury, and, and she's steadily been building back a, a, a really good block of consistency. And and we did a five k time trial, and she she hit that really well. And so we decided to well, the, the aim was Albert Park all along, but um, had to change that to a time trial on, on the weekend and thirty seven fifty three for her. So a huge result there and she was um, yeah, really pumped with that run um, and yeah sort of from here just uh, backing it off for a week let her recover and then yeah build up towards hopefully um, Melbourne 10k so yeah really excited to see where both Stace and, and um, Reese head towards um, after those results from the weekend. Yeah great stuff uh, great coaching mattress. Hey mate um, overseas you've got a few athletes and um there's actually races that are, you know, mar- big, big lot of uh, backlog of marathons that have loaded up. So London, Berlin, obviously in the US, you've got Boston all coming up in the next sort of 
what, eight weeks or so, um, eight, ten weeks. But race in uh, Ireland that went uh, was last weekend was uh, the Kilbegan 10, and an athlete that's coached by Brady Rolfel, uh, Colm Kernan, uh, actually runs for Rahini Shamrock, which is a club that I'm familiar with just through um, an associate at Melbourne Uni who was out here for a while, Mark Kern. You would, you would have met Mark a few times, Mattress. Um, yeah, that's his old club. So I did see his, uh, Colm was sporting the, the Rahini uh, Shamrock uh, vest in that um, 10 miler in Kilbegan. And he, um, yeah, he ran a blind, they ran a, a minute PB, but it was just great to see Colm back out there racing because, again, um, you know, as we all have been uh, hanging for these races to come back. And um, do you know where um, you've been Ireland a bit, mate? Have you been out to Kilbegan before uh, Mattress? No, I've been to Kilkenny, actually. I've never been to Kilbegan. <laughs> I've been to the was... Kil- Kilkenny um, Castle, actually. Yeah, it's good times yeah. out there. I've uh, never been was, to Kilbegan, have you? I was having a look at some photos and I just looked it up and it's like, it's right in the heart of Ireland. It's, uh, it's, it's an hour out of Dublin and they're, it's actually home to the world's oldest distillery, uh, which is established in 1757. So, um, yeah, a bit of um, history there. And I found that you can actually buy the Kilbegan blended Irish whiskey for $55. So <laughs> might actually... Uh, Get on it, I am. Yeah. Look, look that uh, look that up, Dan Murphy. But um, yeah, pretty um, pretty cool to see uh, some athletes um, yeah overseas doing some cool some uh, some races. And actually, speaking of uh, over in the UK, John Cox and Marcus. Uh, John Cox is from the single malt marathon. Is talking about art. Uh, talk about whiskey. The single malt marathoners podcast that you can listen to. He started his marathon block. And, punched out three by three mile marathon um, at marathon pace with three minute jog and another one of Brady's athletes who's associated with the single malt marathoners podcast is Marcus and um, he's into marathon mode and uh, knocked out four by two miles so some uh, exciting exciting workouts and races ahead for those boys um, as they uh, look towards marathons. Yeah, that's all right, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah, bit jealous actually. <laughs> yeah. No, it's awesome. It's quite so good to see them knocking out those those um those sorts of sessions, and yeah, it gets gets exciting when you can hit those well and and get that confidence building towards towards the next race. Yeah, I know. Um, over in in, uh, in India, VJ, my athlete, he's, he actually did a five k nineteen twenty six, and he's. He's signed up for a few races. Races are starting to get planned for over in India. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good to see um, overseas. There's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel for, for some of the athletes looking to, uh, to get some races in. Super excited to have back on for another shoe chat and here to help us review the Mizuno Wave Sky 5 edition, Run to PB coach and one of the running company Yarraville legends who are actually celebrating their fourth birthday today. Sammy the Shoe Dog McLean, welcome back to the show. Yeah, go fellas. Good to be back for another uh, episode, and yeah, keen to uh, have a chat about the the Wave Sky Five. Hey, Sammy, great to have you back on, mate. Yeah, very excited to hear about uh, your thoughts, a bit of history about this Mizuno um, Sky, but also, um, yeah, we've all had a run in it, so we can get to that a little bit later. But um, maybe just for the for the listeners. Um, Give us a bit of an overview of where Mizuno sits, running company, and also where it sits. This shoe, in particular, where it would sit on the wall. I know you guys got the big wall of shoes there, and how would um, yeah, where would that one sit? Yeah, easy. It's a good starting point. So, I mean, if you walked into a like any running company shop and looked up on the shoe wall and all the brands across our segmentation of shoes, you're probably going to see like a few offerings from every brand in terms of like couple of support models, a few neutral models, maybe a lightweight model, and then like a racing shoe option. Generally in that, that like neutral option, you're gonna get what we call like a premium cushion model. And then more of a bit of a, you know, maybe more your versatile everyday type, type shoe. So to give you like a couple of examples from some other brands, you know, Nike have got their, their Vimero as their premium cushion shoe. You know, the Pegasus is their, you know, more of their versatile shoe. Uh, New Balance have got their 1080 premium cushion. 880 is their more everyday shoe. 
what's another brand, uh, Brooks with their the glycerin and the ghost. So for for Mizuno, we've got the yeah the Wave Sky. That's kind of their their premium cushion shoe, uh, and then their Wave Rider is their more versatile type option. Um, that shoe actually celebrated its 25th anniversary this year. So it, that kind of gives you some idea of how long Mizuno has been in the been in the game. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, look, the I suppose my experience with Mizuno bringing it out for customers and and when we might bring out a Wave Sky would be, um, you know, maybe a runner that's slightly of heavier body mass, um, you know, needs a little bit more protection underfoot, um, you know, maybe a bigger foot as well. Like it's it's generally always accommodated a you know a broader foot type. Well, yeah. So it's um, yeah that. You know, bit, bit of background there on 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 the the wave sky and how it kind of fits into our our shoe wall. So then, like obviously the fifth edition of this, and there's been quite a few changes and a few updates with the shoe. So what are those types of updates we can see in the in the number in the five? Yeah, easy. So I mean, I'd say first and foremost, what they've really done with, with the the fifth model here compared to. The previous iterations would be just the weight, like they really stripped some weight off this shoe. Like it was traditionally like a pretty pretty heavy shoe. I mean, it's still got a little bit of weight to it, but um, you know that was my first kind of impression of it. Was like, okay, that's that's much lighter than the the previous Sky. Um, you know, if we start with with the upper here, like they've kind of gone with this woven type type fabric that they're running through through the upper there. And if you look kind of closely, you can see these lines that run, that stitching that almost runs like horizontally through, through the upper. So the idea of that, I suppose, is, you know, traditionally when brands kind of work towards some type of lockdown through their uppers, the stitching and overlays will normally go like diagonally across the shoe. So it's locking you down this way. The way they've kind of engineered this is it's more that it's keeping your foot in in that direction. Does that make sense? So it's kind of um, it, it's keeping your foot locked down, but but locking it in in that forward direction. So that's that's quite clever how they've done that. Another, um, you know, I suppose like generic trait of a of a, a Mizuno shoe is their wave plate. So you see that through all their models. And I suppose a way to kind of demonstrate the wave plate, like if I hold it closely, you can kind of see, see how it kind of goes up and down through the midsole. That sits through all their models. I've got some couple of props here if you want me to kind of explain it. So if you think of the, the wave plate as like this structure that sits in the middle of the shoe, even though it's got these like up and down um, aspects to it, that, that's a foam structure. It's a slightly firmer structure in the shoe, a firm um, structure. Then you've got like their energy, energy core um, foam that sits on top of that. And then just their energy normal kind of um, foam that sits below that. So that's how that kind of midsole's constructed there. So the idea of that, that wave plate is it gives the shoe that, that stable aspect of um, you know, of the shoe and how it might function for someone. Um, look, if I turn it upside down, that that red foam there, that's the energy core. Yeah, so that's like their premium cushion that they're running through this model. Yeah, so that kind of like plush cushion feel, that's where that's coming from. Um, you know, a couple of other aspects to the shoe that I really picked up on was, you know, like you can see the... The outer sole here, like we've got some good fletch grooves through the through the forefoot there, so that gives it a bit of flexibility through there. Um, yeah, and even like the way that it's like constructed up through the rear foot as well. So you're getting a lot of protection through that outer sole with this with this shoe as well. Yeah, um, I mean spec wise, I think we're running this off like an eight mil drop, so you're getting a little bit more cushion up through the the forefoot as well here. Um, yeah, so I'd say they're probably the key kind of updates to the to the new new model, really stripping away some weight, adding a bit more cushion through it through that energy core. Um, yeah. 
And then what sort of type of runners would you um, think this would best suit for? Yeah, I mean, so when, you know, again, going back to my experience with the shoe, the previous iterations and the types of people I've brought it out for, I mean, in the shop when we've, like, established what kind of category of shoe we think a runner fits in after we've done the gait analysis and had that conversation about their running and, you know, shoes they've liked in the past, we'll always bring out three models and a really, like, simple point of difference between those three models is we might go a shoe that's like really cushioned and plush. Then we might have a model that's quite firm and stable and a model that's almost in between. I would often use a Mizuno shoe to highlight that kind of more firm, stable type option. Like Mizuno's always done that really well. Um, you know, I think anyone that's ever worn a Mizuno and liked a Mizuno shoe, they would probably go, that's a pretty common feeling I get from that shoe is firm and stable. However, I would almost say this is a little bit more like non-Mizuno-like. Non like when I first put it on in the shop, yeah, I would say it's definitely the softest, more cushioned Mizuno shoe I've ever put on my foot. Yeah, so I think the Wave Rider will still, um, you know, tick that box with the runners that, that like firm and stable. But this is definitely a good, you know, a good um, first attempt at a bit more of a, a plush, you know, cushion type model from Mizuno yeah yeah and probably as I mean that's just your heavier runner I think like it's I mean that doesn't mean a, a lighter runner couldn't run in it but I reckon you know I reckon your runner of a bit more body mass will probably enjoy you know a, a shoe like this uh, I mean that's a pretty it seems to be a common trend now that the shoe companies and um are going for all that plus Plus feel like I noticed when I put it in, it was pretty straight into it and felt quite comfortable. And I even noticed around the uh, sock liner and the tongue and everything was a bit more padded and more cushioned. So you sort of fit in really comfortable when you slide it on the foot. Is that yeah, something? Like, for sure. Yeah. Like you can imagine on a, like a longer run, it, it almost becomes a bit more about comfort and protection versus, you know, a shoe being, you know, responsive or light or yeah. snappy. So, yeah, like that, you know, you can really see that nice cushion, you know, yeah. heel collar that runs through there. Um, you know, it, it is nice and secure through the heel as well, which is really important the longer we go in a shoe because it's, it, it, it's really locking you in. Um, you know, I think from a durability point of view, like this shoe would be fantastic. Like, um, yeah. you know, I would, I would have no drama saying to someone that they're going to get, upwards of eight, 900, you know, even a thousand K out of a, a shoe yeah. like this, um, just because of that real outer sole protection. Um, you know, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's almost one of those shoes where the more you're running it, you almost might enjoy it a bit more, like it might almost break in a bit more, um, you know, which again, like we've got a lot of foams these days that, you know, you only get, three, 400K out of them and they start to really kind of bottom out. Whereas I don't think that'll be the case with the, the Sky 5. I reckon you'll be really happy with the, the durability you get from it. Yeah. Yeah, so I was saying with the, like, when I put a shoe on, the, the first impression normally tells me quite a bit about the shoe and, and whether, yeah. I'm gonna, whether I'm going to rate it or not. Um, sure. You know, a bit like, but a bit like you don't want to rate a book by its cover. Um, I noticed straight off that, that it felt... Like putting on a glove um, on my foot, and especially that cushion, like you were talking about the collar before, um, the cushion around that collar, and a really nice snug fit, um, and and also yeah, the the durability because uh, I I find um, that I do wear my shoes out quite quickly, uh, sure. but and I've done probably around a hundred k's now in in um, my pair of the the waves and yeah I haven't really noticed that it's really worn out at all and it and I think I think that's where this this is going to to suit those people that want a really durable shoe um it's going to last for for, for quite a long time um yeah. and yeah that's what I've that's what I've noticed about about my pair yeah I saw you did a did, you did your long run in it yesterday didn't you Maddie? yeah I did yeah so I did a 27k uh long run um and what, what? surface were you on what like a gravel or like a kind of bush bush path what 
Yeah, gravel, gravel roads oh, um, yeah. the majority of the run. Um, and sort of average like four 26s. Uh, but yeah, the last 15 minutes, I tried to kick it down a little bit to see what it would feel like um, going a bit quicker. And and I didn't like really find it that sort of responsive type. Um, so looking at where it would sit in the rotation, I wouldn't be looking to do any sort of uh, pick up long runs or anything like that, just more that daily trainer type um, shoot. Um, but yeah, the... I guess when when I first the first run I did in it, um, and I think you were talking about it before, I was it was I felt really firm, um, and I, I wasn't expecting that, um, mainly because it's just so highly cushioned, I guess. Sure. Um, yeah. But then the more I've run in it, the the better it's felt and the softer it's it's come on. And um, yeah, because in that first run I was I felt like I was slapping the ground, um, and yeah, that firmness, and I wasn't really enjoying it. But then. Uh, yeah, the, the more runs and that I've done in it, the, the more I've liked it. And so, yeah, I think I'll see and add it into my rotation. Um, probably, I probably wouldn't do like the longer two hour runs in it, but more like the, the day after a session, um, like the Wednesday run, they usually hit sort of 80 to 90 minutes. So I'd, I'd yeah, probably sure. look into doing it there uh, just because I think it'll save her feet a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've noticed like on your Strava, like a lot of your runs seem to be on like that gravel, dirt, bush path. That's where like sometimes when you have that initial step into a shoe and it doesn't feel that soft, that might be because you might be on like concrete or bitumen or something like that. But definitely with, with the wave sky five, I think if, if you're out on maybe a little bit more of that compliant type surface, that's giving you a little bit back from the ground, you know, that could even be like the tan for you, Zaka. Um, mm. That's where I reckon you will feel that the shoe might actually respond a little bit softer than what it might feel if you were just you know running down along a bike path or something like that yeah yeah like i i found um when i my first few runs yeah i was actually straight on the hard concrete and like what you sort of touched on there yeah it's probably felt better when i've gone where i run um the other way i can get onto some gravel and a little bit of trail and i felt like it's it's really stable. Um, it's probably a shoe that, yeah, I'm not used to having that stability. Um, you know, previously I've probably felt like a lot of my shoes are a bit more road focused or, yep. you know, on the, on the concrete. So yeah, I've enjoyed that, that aspect of it and, and the snug fit and, and similar to mattress, the more I've run in it, the, the better I've actually felt. So, and, and it's interesting you mentioned about um, the durability of it. Like if I look at the soles, I could, doesn't look like anything's been, you know, haven't been touched. And um, yeah, it's it's a good from from what I'm uh, from understanding from you know your comments there. It's definitely a shoe that's going to get a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah, and you, I mean you can kind of tell they put a lot of thought into the design process. I reckon with this shoe. Um, mm. Yeah, and I mean look the the price point probably reflects that, but I think you're going to be rewarded for a shoe that's yeah going to really last and still feel good. Um, you know, the, the more the more you wear it, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it was um, it was great to to give them a go, and a uh, big thanks to Mizuno for um for, for giving us the opportunity to give them a test drive. For sure, I mean we've got um you know if any of our listeners are maybe of that you know like heavier like a slightly heavier build and so forth, and looking for a you know a shoe that they can log some you know, some high mileage in, um, look after the legs on their long run, that would be, yeah, I'd have no hesitation in, in recommending the, the Mizuno yeah, Sky 5. Fantastic, mate. I appreciate your... What have I lost, lost Matty, have we? Yeah, I think he's, I think he's dropping back in now. Here, here he is. Here we go. Um, and mate, you uh, you pumped and, and you're running at the at the moment. I just saw you pumped out a nice long run yesterday. So what what shoes did you drop for the thirty uh, k? Uh, yesterday I had I used my the Mac Four the Hokers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, got up around um, Albert Park Lake. I've I've only ridden around it since they've resurfaced most of the Lakeside Drive section. Um, yep. So it's. Yeah, for anyone that's run the the AV ten there, so that's all been resurfaced. Um, so it's it's yeah. a nice that nice hot mix uh, feel underfoot. So it was nice to get rolling a bit. Um, I can kind of understand why plenty of people have been doing time trials around there because it was <laughs> yeah, I was kind of um, you know when you're running and you you think you're at a certain pace and then you look down and it's always about 
five or ten seconds quicker than what you think it is. And yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah it's always good to get rolling a bit on a Sunday. On a Sunday, exciting times, mate. Yeah. In supplementing the bike, Stossy, I notice you still got that in the in the program. So it seems like you got the right mix at the minute. Yeah, just running every second day. Um, mm. There's not much. I'd, I'd say the the program's all based around being pretty efficient. Not not much junk in there, and just mm. utilising the bike to get the the easy stuff into the legs. And just every time I run, it's it's um, yeah, normally clicking along at a fair clip, which is good. Yeah. yeah. And the aim still Melbourne Marathon. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll just keep things going. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, before we jumped on here this morning, that yeah. bit of deflating news. But anyway, um, it's, I, I won't let that take away from the enjoyment of just, yeah, um, sticking with the process and, and getting out there. Uh, you look like you're up and about, Maddie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Not going too bad, actually. Like, Good. The, yeah, picking up the, the mileage and the body sort of responding quite well. I was a bit flat. I got, or just felt a bit tired earlier this earlier um, in the week last week. Uh, so I backed it off for a couple of days and, and yeah, really tried to absorb the training and yeah, <clears throat> get up for a bit of a time trial on, right. on Saturday. Was your, eyes, was your eyes trying to keep up with your housemate on their easy runs? <laughs> Yeah, it's impossible. Actually, I was a little bit quicker the other day, and, and you picked up on it straight away. So I was, I was happy that you saw that one. Got it back. Good. Oh, thanks very much for for coming on, Sammy, and giving us such great information. I know Zach and I will have learnt a lot um, from your valuable insight. It's good to chat. Thanks, mate. Cheers.